This Week in HPC. Lenovo launches ARM Server Project. And IBM doubles down on software-defined storage. Welcome, everyone. This week, uh, PC is brought to you by Intersect 360 Research and our partners at Top 500. I'm Michael Feldman of Intersect 360 Research, and I'm joined this week by Chris Willard, our chief research officer, who is subbing for the vacation at Addison Snell. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing, Michael? Very well, very well. We got some good uh, good news this week, an interesting week for HPC. Uh, let's start off with this first story, which uh, sort of surprised me, I think everybody a little bit. Uh, it's about Lenovo, the sort of a new entrant into, into the world of HPC. Of course, they just bought uh, recently bought up the uh, x86 business from IBM, and uh, to sort of everyone's surprise, they announced a partnership with Hartree Center, a uh, science and research organization, to uh, deliver a prototype of an ARM server, not an x86 server, but an ARM server based on their x86-based NextScale uh, server platform. You know, this product is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is... Uh is it is really an early development prototype sort of project. The uh, Lenovo points out that it's really not ready for prime time, not a general purpose server or targeting small or medium business. Uh, it, it hasn't deployed a, a Windows server or virtual software uh, or set up for, for database management uh, or even very high single thread performances. That's what it's not, what it is, is something uh, something that may work very well in environments <clears throat> uh, that are looking for energy efficient compute, a good cost performance characteristics uh, that uh, where the users have uh, open systems uh, software and uh, do a lot of their own software development for applications and stacks. That sounds like the high end of the HPC market. Uh, right. To me, go ahead. Yeah, it it does. In fact, I think that's of course the the initial uh, customer for this prototype is is an HPC application. The Hartree Center is it's a science and research organization, and they're interested in in this. I think for the reason of uh, experimenting with a much more energy efficient. Uh, infrastructure than than they currently have. But also, it's like you were sort of alluding to, it's also something that could be applicable to the, the ultra-scale space, uh, people building large uh, server infrastructures doing, you know, sort of simpler computational work, but at a, at a scale that looks a lot more like HPC, and maybe even at, at slightly smaller scales, just running a, a highly energy-efficient and sort of stripped-down version of something for for the economic benefits. Yeah, one thing we are we are looking at very closely in our research is the the effect of the of the ultra scale market that it, it's become large enough almost to develop a market gravity of its own and begin to pull the market in different directions. Uh, one of them is towards these very lightweight servers that. Uh, can be deployed in a web-serving environment en masse at, at relatively low cost and relatively low uh, environmental overhead. <clears throat> that um, The question we have is, is, will the specialization become so great that eventually the, the ultra-scale companies leave the rest of the market behind, 
uh, and become a, a market or entity on their own uh, in terms of computing requirements? Or will groups like HPC uh, ride their coattails uh, into ever higher levels of, uh, of scale out at uh, lower, lower unit costs and lower energy costs? So more will be revealed as uh, as the market develops. Right, and Lenovo is probably fairly well positioned for this market uh, over and above whether they do ARM with it or not. I mean, we have to remember NextScale itself was was the x86 version originally from IBM that that targeted the the hyperscale market. Um, this is sort of a variant of that in that it's using a different type of processor. Um, but again, it, it's going after that market, and Lenovo is is well positioned in their uh, in their business structure to go after uh, sort of the lower margin, large deals where where, where price and price performance is is sort of a critical factor. And a final thing to point out that a a lot of technology that uh, that has a list of things that it's not yet ready for starts out in HPC and then over time begins to develop the other uh, other capabilities in terms of software applications uh, user environments that allow allow the technology to move into broader markets uh, if if that happens it won't be the first time that uh, uh, the HPC market has really, uh, really served as a nursery for the, the development of, of technology to move on to more general purpose markets. Right. And I think we'll see actually quite a bit of that in, in the ARM uh, server rollout. I mean, this is Lenovo we're talking about here, but uh, a few months ago, even Cray was talking about uh, developing an, uh, an ARM server prototype for for basically the same type of purpose here. In fact, they're they're partnering ARM provider here, which is Cavium, and their their Thunder X chip uh, to build a an HPC capable version of uh, of an ARM server system. So I think we are going to see a lot of experimentation over the next year or two with with ARM infrastructure. And I think, uh, like you said, uh, HPC is going to be kind of uh, leading the way in certain cases and getting some of this technology uh, exposed. Looks like a, a lot of companies are, are hedging their bets on uh, on x86 and ARM. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've seen uh, you know we turned talked about HP and their Moonshot program. They have a, a variety of of architecture processor architectures they're they're delving into now, uh, and, and others as well. I mean, IBM Jettison their x86 business, but uh, they're now devoted to their power business and uh, partnering with Nvidia on their GPUs. We're seeing quite a lot of diversity fermentation now with with different architectures by different companies, and I think everyone is is hedging their bets and doing some experimentation. And it's it's going to take a while to to filter out on you know what's going to be sort of the next big thing or the next big standard. Well, may you do business in dynamic markets. <laughs> well said, Chris. Well, uh, speaking of IBM, um, our, our next story actually involves them, not on the server side, but on the storage side. On Tuesday, they announced uh, a basically a $1 billion effort to, to upgrade their software-defined storage portfolio over the next five years. And they're starting out with a new branding called Spectrum Storage. It's basically uh, their sort of monolithic software approach to, 
dealing with software-defined storage, and it encompasses a lot of what IBM had been working on under individual uh, component names, like uh, it used to be called Elastics for, for some of it for GPFS, and they're bringing in different pieces to bring in the, uh, the soft layer uh, storage virtualization, other pieces. But this is storage spectrum is, is now looks like it's going to be the, the large brand name to be their, their software-defined storage offering. Yes, once again, we, uh, we see the term software-defined uh, uh, coming up in the marketplace. Uh, we view software defined as, as essentially a, a layer on top of a virtualized environment that uh, uh, promotes remote remote management and policy based management, so that uh, essentially uh, a large number or some number of virtual resources can be can be combined into a uh, a single logical system and managed as such. Uh, and sometimes with the policy basis allows uh, people to preset conditions and let the uh, software decide on its own uh, when to make changes in the in the virtual configuration of the system. Right, uh, and we're talking about storage here, so it's 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 very applicable to certain situations where you have long-term storage versus hot data, and the hot data is going to be uh, put on the let's say the flash drive layer, and then the the longer-term storage is going to go out to long-term disk or tape. Uh, typically, that's that's been done manually, but something like this, a system like this, will will do it on a policy-based. Uh, system where it can be automated and sort of just lower the total cost of ownership of maintaining uh, your data sets. IBM specifies several uh, areas that would be would be affected. In addition to uh, tiered storage management, there would be mirroring and replication capabilities added, real-time uh, data compression, and the ability to uh, uh, virtualize resources in a cloud sort of environment, both uh, both at the private cloud level and potentially uh, into public clouds. Right. I think the cloud's sort of a big part of the story. Now, you, you don't necessarily need a cloud for, for this uh, software layer to work, but a lot of the virtualization and, and remote uh, automation features are enabled if you have some sort of cloud, like you said, a private or public or hybrid approach uh, that allows you sort of a, like a, a storage uh, that you might not have on premise or, or locally. Um, and they've added quite a quite a lot of uh, layering to this to, to, to make that more transparent. They support uh, OpenStack and some of the, the RESTful APIs so that, that it's fully compatible with uh, with sort of a cloud infrastructure. The interesting question here is why is this technology becoming important now? It's really driven here by the big data effect, where where volumes and of uh, data uh, requirements to move data more quickly and to try to uh, try to uh, extract value out of out of large masses of end user data. Um, uh, is placing a great deal of pressure on on the data storage environments of a lot of organizations. Just be a, being able to uh, store a lot of data is not enough. It's important to be able to access and manage that and separate out the wheat from the chaff in, in terms of data that's important to the organization and uh, and essentially the noise data that just comes along with it. Yeah, certainly the data management uh, part of, of these big data applications, it has been very challenging. But I also think uh, another 
aspect that's, that's sort of not related to that is is just people trying to uh, put up the most efficient infrastructure they can. In this case, with the with the software defined things, whether it's storage or networking or servers, they're they're decoupling the hardware from the software and and automating a lot more. Just taking a lot of the manual labor out of some of the upkeep of the infrastructure and having a lot more flexibility. And I think it it definitely works well with with uh, big data type applications, but I think it also works well with just you know straight up data warehousing or or just big data sets of different kinds. Uh, this is this is something I think the industry in general has been moving towards for for ten years, just virtualizing a lot of the uh, the infrastructure that has to do with computing. And this software, I mean storage, I should say, is sort of a little bit late to the party, but now it's happening with with that as well. Mm-hmm. And from a business model point of view, this also uh, is is following a trend where we're we're separating the the software part of the business from the hardware uh, part of the business. That the uh, the IBM announcement uh, emphasizes that this this software will work on a variety of different uh, hardware environments and hardware products. Uh, this uh, this may be an effort to to separate the higher margin software business from the from the ever competitive and razor thin uh, margins of the storage world. Right. The right. The the hardware itself is as uh, the margins do tend to be thin. Although IBM, as we know, does carry some of their own products, which you can put this uh, system on top of. But yeah, they do make a point of saying this will work on on any third-party storage system and infrastructure. They've, they've gone to some pains to make it uh, hardware independent, certainly. You know, IBM, gosh, we've been talking about them for this uh, this particular product, but other storage players, uh, we note NetApp, EMC, Hitachi, and others, they're also developing their own software-defined storage products. Uh, this is an industry trend what we're seeing, uh, and we're going to see... Uh, basically, everyone eventually come up with some layer of intelligent virtualization on top of either their own storage or just generic storage. Um, uh, and I think this is going to be something uh, that we're just going to see more and more of. Uh, but IBM has got a very complete, obviously a very feature-rich set here, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what else comes under it. I have a feeling we're going to hear more about it. They're going to actually add more to it later on, and it's going to encompass uh, more functionality in the near future. But for now, interesting announcement, and uh, you know, we're going to wish them the best of luck. Uh, Chris, I think that'll do it for this two interesting stories. Um, thanks again for subbing for Addison, and hope hope to talk to you again real soon. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast, Michael. So until next week, uh, this has been This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 